Welcome to the Exit Strategy with myself, Natalie Holloway. This podcast has been designed to explore the transition process from military to civilian. We speak to members who have made the transition, organizations who support the transition, as well as delve deeper into topics to gain further understanding. This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Bungarong people, and I wish to acknowledge them as traditional owners. I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past and present and Aboriginal elders or other communities who may be listening today. Today I have asked my mate Jackson, who I know of as Munners, and I will refer to him as that throughout the recording. Um, I asked him on so that we could chat with him about his story and his transition outside of the Defence Force. He is someone that I have always had very deep and meaningful conversations with. He is very well thought out in terms of what he does, why he does it. And because of that, I thought he would be a really good person to get on to chat to about his decision for leaving the Defence Force and what he's doing now and how it's working for him. He talks about his highlights. He talks about the things that he's been able to achieve in the Defence Force And he also talks about that reasoning as to why he decided that he wanted to leave and why that was the best decision for him and his family. So I really hope that um, this is a a beneficial episode for everyone and that you all take something away. All right, so I got Manus here um, to have a chat about his transition out of the Defence Force. Um, I have known... When did we meet, Munners? It was, I was pregnant with Kynan. Would have been what? Yeah. Uh, two th- I think the first time would have been 2011 or 12, briefly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then um, hev- more heavily in 2015. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because. Oh, sorry, wrong. 2013. 2013? 2013. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, 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 it mix your years up. Yeah, we do. And it was when we were in. Ambly, or do we also catch uh, so up in Ocker as well? Briefly, briefly, when you, you guys are still posted to the trade school, I met you through, you know, Angus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so briefly through Am- Angus um, and James at the trade school, like it was just at a barbecue. And then obviously Richie posted to Ambly in I think 2014. Yeah, it must have been at the 20... end of 2014 because we had Kynan in 2014. In, yeah. So I th- and we're yeah. in so, inaugural still. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been 2014. Yeah. 15. Sorry. And then yeah, when Richie posted to Nine for Spare with me. So, um, and then yeah, he- he- more heavily since then, really. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And mm, long time. It's almost ten years. Crazy. I know it is crazy. Um, the time's gone. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. So. Um, I guess the very first thing, and a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask you today, I don't think I've ever spoken to you about, which is also kind of cool because we've never really spoken about your time in defense. It's always about kids or what's happening currently. Family stuff. Yeah. 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 So um, what year did you enlist? So I listed on the 27th of July, 2010. um, Yeah. from, from, From Victoria. So I've been going through the process for... You know the seven or eight months, or whatever it took mm-hmm. once I left school. Yep. 
um, and then uh, the big days of 27th of July and then it was off to Kapuka mm-hmm. and, and started the journey. Yeah, yeah. What may, What was your, um, like what got you interested to join Defence? Um, so I kind of always had a real, I always had an interest in, in the military and in army and when the when they ADF do their rounds and they you know do, they come to your school and the recruiters you know mm-hmm. come in um I kind of they I think they did one at like year 11 or year 12 at, at my school and I sort of that kind of made me go from it being just an idea to make it maybe a little bit more of a reality um mm-hmm. but I think I, I think it must have been year 12 that I that that came yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm not entirely sure I can't remember but basically I um wanted I know I wanted to do like a technical trade mm-hmm. um my old my cult my secondary college at school was a the old trade college mm-hmm. um so they had a lot of um facilities set up there that we could um use so I did like vet automotive and vet engineering in year 12 oh, um cool. and I so always had an interest in the trade um and my stepdad was an electrician and he's um, so I kind of got biased into that from from him because mm-hmm. he had nothing but good things to say about it. Um, so I kind of applied for the army, um, and I applied for like a civilian apprenticeship mm-hmm. um, at the same time, basically in the same month. Yeah. And what happened is that the um, the army the job I applied for was electronics technician. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, because it was a pride job at the time, I got a phone call relatively quick and that process started relatively fast. Whereas in the civilian apprenticeship, um, you know, I got a, like a standard email back, but it didn't really take that, take off or anything like that. So I kind mm-hmm. of got the call from the army and I just, it went on from there and I just, uh, that's basically, I said, okay, I'm going to take one of these paths, whoever rings me back first. Um, and then, yeah, they, they rang me back and I started that whole process and it was relatively quick, really. Yeah. I think within three months, I'd sort of gone through everything and I was doing my fitness test mm-hmm. and away I went. Awesome. So it was kind of like meant to be by the sense of it. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, <laughs> I kind of call me, call me basic, but I kind of believe things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, yeah, I think that happened and I, I don't regret the decision at all. It's mm-hmm. one of the best life decisions I've ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I think everyone yeah. takes a different story out from their time in service and it's yeah. good that you've been able to have a positive one yeah, yeah don't get me wrong I didn't enjoy my last year in the army but uh the yeah. like the first first six or seven were great had a great time mm-hmm. um but yeah I I like I said I'd do it all again um it's made me the person I am today Mm-hmm. Um, made me have an appreciation for a lot of things in life and yeah definitely don't regret it yeah yeah so with that what are some of your highlights for your time um so as most people do when they when they're in the military they don't want to just train right they want to mm-hmm. deploy overseas and as bad as it sounds you know go to war um yeah. but i my deployment in 2014 or 15 was definitely definitely a massive highlight um in, in my time in the army mm-hmm. um i also had a really good time um when i was an instructor at night when i was posted there as a maintenance instructor for the um army's legacy bms system so i, I mm-hmm. thoroughly had that that uh, great time there as well yeah. teaching some of my young like young trades young boffins and and some raffies and stuff mm-hmm. um within within my core in the raff 
rough um, element. I kind of, yeah, I really, I enjoyed that. Um, I've never, I kind of never really had a big drama public speaking, mm-hmm. um, but that kind of just, I suppose, polished it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. Made me a bit more confident, that kind of thing. In terms of instructing or? Yeah, yeah. just the instruction. Obviously, stand in front of, you know, 15, 20 people. Sometimes I was teaching, like, you know, um, senior officers as well. Some, mm-hmm. Had some colonels in there and whatnot. So, you know, not that at all. It doesn't bother me. I just look at everybody as a human being. So mm-hmm. that stuff's never really bothered me too much. But, yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. Um, the other thing that springs to mind, I'd say, was probably sounds really strange, but um, we did a like an exercise um, Hamill in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. We went down to South Australia and we did a big five day drive. Oh wow! It, it was massive, yeah. So five yeah. hours, big drive um, from Brisbane down to South Australia, down to Wyala in the training area there um, at Coltana, and. I spent five days in a car with a, a fitness, one of the fitter sergeants at my uh, when I was posted to One Reg, mm-hmm. um, and you know he'd been in the army for like twelve, thirteen years at that stage, nearly mm-hmm. fifteen years. Um, we just spent five days in the car talking, talking about our lives. Yeah. But um, on the way back, we sort of and like when we were down in South Australia, because they don't, I don't know if they don't have a big engagement with the with military. It's just they were really. Um, really supportive and you know we spoke to a bunch of local townspeople throughout the time like where we were staying our element was like at the showgrounds and we had mm-hmm. a bunch of people you know come to and talk to us and they're just you know people living in rural south australia and they come and talk to us and you know say thank you even though we we're just there mm-hmm. obviously on an exercise you don't really think much of it at the time yeah but yeah it's kind of like a when I look back at it, I had a really good. It was a lot. It was like I think we were away for five, five weeks, six weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was and it was freezing. It's probably some of the coldest weather I've been in my life. But yeah, yeah, down um, that centre, you oh, assume it will be like, hot. But... Just, just the ice wind. It was mm-hmm. like cutting through all the clothing we had. It was just crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it just that's it's. I know it's like it's a bit arbitrary and it's a bit strange. But I just found it really. Um. I I just remember that. I always kind of remember that. I guess it would be rewarding too being able to talk to people who don't get to see military yeah. very often and then see their appreciation. It kind of taps into yeah. that purpose piece, right? Like why do That's we agree? Why do we join yep. defense or why do people join defense? Not me. Yeah. I couldn't agree <laughs> I couldn't agree, right? I couldn't agree more. I um I, I think it definitely has something to do with that appreciation part, um, for sure. Yeah, which I would also say it only really comes to people when they are, you know, Anzac Day or big events yeah. where yep. you're in uniform. It's um, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Like Amberley, whenever you're walking around um, your Manto or Ipswich, it's so common to see army people or raffies. Mm. So mm. when you're in an area that don't get to see them very often, it's like, oh, look at these green yeah, men. Exactly, and it's like even um, it even was highlighted when we drive through um the rural towns like in the middle of you know middle of new south country new south wales Mm -hmm. or country south australia and we drive through and they'd be towns with populations of a couple of thousand Mm -hmm. Um, and we'd stop there and refuel and they're just you know people just come out come out of the woodwork kind of thing and they'd um 
you know, just want to come and talk to you and just have a chat. And they were just, you know, most for all, for all accounts were, were lovely. We stayed overnight one, I forget where it was. We stayed overnight at a football ground and like the local football club, like come and I'm sure, I mean, you know, paid the catering, but like they came <laughs> in and um, all these volunteers just were there like at the football club, like cooking up as cooking as food and stuff. It was, yeah, that kind of thing. It's just that bringing people together, mm-hmm. that community sense, I think just kind of makes you like um, feel, be really thankful and really grateful for all the people in the community that didn't have to do that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, there's some really, really amazing people out there. and Ab- Absolutely. And through um, our time through serving, I've, I think when we have been to big things, that's when we've seen like I see good people all the time, but it just brings out more good people, I think. Mm, yeah, I agree. So um, you mentioned that your final year was maybe yep. not the highlight <laughs> of your time. No, I, um, no, definitely wasn't. I I kind of knew, I want. I always said to myself that I kind of planned to do it, a, you know, do 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like the kind of the, a goal that I set, always planned to do it at one stage in one stage in my career when I was posted to Nova Speed with Richie and all that, I mm-hmm. uh, was con- I was um, convinced I was going to do a lot, lot longer than 10 years, but mm-hmm. you know, the army evolves and people change and your mates leave and, um, you know, priorities in your life change a bit. But I, yeah, the last year in my, uh, my last year in the army was, was not an enjoyable one. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I just had just toxic leadership um mm-hmm. that people that just didn't understand um how to how to be a good human mm-hmm. and how to uh look after people and how to um, get the best out of people and want the best out of their soldiers yeah um while also getting the job done so it's it was a very trying time for me and I got to the stage where I just like I just knew at the 10 and a half 11 year mark I was like oh, mm-hmm. I need to I need to finish I need to leave yeah, yeah. Um, plus, at that stage, like I'd just started and you know started a family with my my wife, and I sounds weird again, hearing you say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's still kind of strange saying it, but yeah. um, yeah, because we've only been we haven't even been married a year yet, but at the time she wasn't my wife, but she's now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and then that we, yeah, we kind of I just I always um know how hard the challenges are when you've got a family or in your defense because you go away and as, as you know being mm-hmm. a defense spouse how how difficult those challenges are yeah so i just think that i kind of knew through bad a bad time at work and also in my family life that i, I needed to go but i was yeah. lucky um in the same time while i had some really toxic leaders around me some toxic people in my chain of command i also had some really good people in my chain of command as well mm-hmm. um that that helped me out and did heaps to support me and still have supported me recently. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so yeah, that again, like what we talked about before, there's some absolutely really good people in this in walking the walking the earth, and there's mm-hmm. some there's also some bad people, unfortunately. Yeah. But you just got to try and um, control the things that you can control, mm-hmm. and not worry too much about the stuff you can't control. Hundred percent. I mm. teach that so much. In therapy, yeah. What's in our yeah. control? It's outside of our control. Let's focus it's on what's just, in. Yeah, yeah. I try and tell my wife that when she. How does she has take a bad that? Day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like 
she she understands, but she's like me and Amy yeah. are the same person, just in a female and a male, um, you know, body, and she just yeah. doesn't. We're both a bit fiery sometimes. No, nah, so at the time, so at the time, yeah, at the time, <laughs> it uh, yeah, yeah, it, 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 it makes for a <laughs> it makes for a fun time. I'm sure it does. Yeah. Um, so. When did you decide to leave? Was it in that final year or was it a little bit beforehand or? Yeah, so I kind of knew, like I said to you, I was planning on that 10-year mark and then that I had to start having a really bad time. The last kind of half of my first, so my last posting mm-hmm. was in uh, 20, 2020 and 2021. It was like 2023 to 2022. Mm-hmm. And my first year of my last posting um, that last half of the year, in my first year there, I just kind of was like, all right, I need to start looking for alternatives. I need to start looking for um, a, another career path. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So is that where that transition started for you, was looking for other options? Um, well, at that stage, I kind of decided, so my wife's a Queensland police officer, so I kind of, mm-hmm. and again, it's that whole like purpose and mm-hmm. community and, um, you know, wanting to serve the community and wanting to sort of give back I kind of decided at that stage that I think that I thought that policing would kind of fill that void mm-hmm. um and I decided to go down I started I went to applied and that's a, it's a long process for QPS it was way longer than when I joined joined the army mm-hmm. but I decided I'd go down that path um and I effectively started the recruitment process with the QPS mm-hmm. um and then that once I started that and I started getting some correspondence back and I um, started going through that, a few of their gates, I started to um, get a bit more serious about my transition and I ended up, like I told told my training commander I was looking at leaving, told him that I planned, planned to separate and that, you know, depending on how I go with my application would sort of dictate when. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, I didn't. I didn't formally submit my um, separation mm-hmm. until I. So what ended up happening is I actually was unsuccessful in my QPS um, application towards mm-hmm. the, like on the last gate, which is when you do the interview. I just kind of like bombed the interview a bit. Mm-hmm. The last interview, um, again, life lesson. I'm a big believer in things happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. It was a bit. It was actually quite a kind of couple of challenging weeks because it was the first thing kind of in my life that I'd gone for and not been successful kind of yeah. sounds like a arrogant thing to say but it was just truly it was like the first time I'd actually really really like tried and actively um you know purposely gone for something and then not actually been successful which was kind of yeah a big shock to the system I remember getting home after finding out and sitting on that we used to have a hill in our backyard before we landscaped it Mm -hmm. and I sat on the hill and kind of just sat there and was like oh like because it was a big big moment before I'd realized I'd like oh I actually haven't been successful in something and now I've got to look for another job I don't want to stay in the military anymore yeah what am I going to do um and again things happen for easy luckily for me I had um kind of like a plan b if it didn't work out mm-hmm. but i think it was for me as the shock was i just wasn't wasn't expecting to not get in i thought i was i was kind of like again it sounds arrogant i was a kind of thought i was shooing mm-hmm. um and again when i told people people just couldn't believe 
um, that I didn't have to make it, including my wife, including some of my really close friends. They just couldn't believe it. Yeah, um, yeah. And just like just like me, right? It was a bit of a shock to the system. Mm-hmm. But my plan B turned it up, turned it out being okay. Mm-hmm. And I, um, yeah, and I effectively once that plan B went into motion, that's when I submitted my transition, mm-hmm. um, my notice of separation, and I went down that path, which all happened very quick. Really, I think I was out in about five weeks wow maybe six weeks I think roughly that's pretty good um, and I yeah have it was fast but I had a job offer so yeah it's pretty easy yeah I was about to say pretty that easy. when you've got the job offer yeah. there they normally help you get out a little bit faster if they're playing nice in that regard and again like when I was coming back to having some really good people in my chain of command I was really mm-hmm. lucky that I had someone who was um, relatively high up in my chain of command that did nothing but support me and mm-hmm. um, help me. Yeah, which was I'm very grateful for. Yeah, yeah. So are you are you still doing Plan B now? Yeah. Yep. So my my Plan B is I work for a, a communications company, L three Harris. They mm-hmm. supply uh, tactical communications and a bunch of other types of you know broadband and global communications to mm-hmm. as well as you know night fighter equipment. Yep. image systems, all that sort of thing, to defence mm-hmm. industry all around the world, yep. both to Australia, the US, a bunch of Southeast Asian countries as well, which is where I kind of fit into fit into my company. Yeah, yeah. And excuse me, I had that contact from when I was at um, NITAT, when I was that maintenance instructor. Mm-hmm. The Harris dudes, the L3 Harris dudes would come and instruct on the course, on, on equipment courses for their radio products. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just, they kind of knew who I was, um, and they'd sort of shown interest in hiring me at that time said that, Hey, we're interested, you should put your resume in and, you know, go through their recruitment process. Yeah. Um, at that stage, I didn't think I wanted to, I didn't think I wanted to be, do the instruction thing. I didn't think I wanted to go down the continued boffin path, you know, like my trade, so mm-hmm. to speak. And even though I'm kind of doing my trade, kind of not, um, I just didn't think I wanted to do that. Again, that's why it was my plan B, right? Yeah. And when it ended up happening um, and my plan A didn't work out and I was like, okay, well, I've got to support my family and I don't want to be in the military anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through their application process and uh, I was ended up being successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like I said, I got my job offer and that whole thing um, started off and snowballed. And it turns out that I absolutely love my job I love what I do that's good um and like I said it's been much better for my family Mm -hmm. um both financially and for my work-life balance for sure yeah because as you can imagine kind of doing two having both two police officers doing shift work is pretty tough oh yeah Um, that would I mean I travel for work I travel for work now so Mm -hmm. it's sort of no different to me being away than when I was in the military but at the same time I'm a lot happier and I really enjoy what I do and I'm technically challenged and Mm -hmm. um yeah, my, my skill sets increased dramatically in the last kind of two years. Um, and I just, yeah, again, thankful and I believe things happen for a reason, right? Mm, yeah, no, they do. I have always mm. said that. And I think we may yeah. have even talked about that at one point. Um, yep. that everything, everything happens for a reason. You don't get, you know, posted to a certain location and then COVID happens. And then it's like, that's why mm. I didn't get posted to Melbourne because mm-hmm. they didn't want me to lock down for that whole period. Yeah. 
but um dodged that one yeah we dodged that one um so with that like with getting out and doing a job that you're enjoying and all that kind of stuff have you experienced any challenges fitting into a civilian workplace um look i'll be honest i haven't found challenges in fitting into a into a civilian workplace Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i think that i'd have to check my bias on that because everybody in my immediate office and Mm -hmm. my team are all ex-military yeah every single person in our office is Mm -hmm. ex-military our my my not my manager but my manager's manager my my sort of my big boss Mm -hmm. he doesn't recruit anyone that is an ex-military that's we need they need the appreciation for um the military both army and navy heavily and Mm -hmm. that is how he recruits so it's kind of it was a very easy transition for me because I was going to um, a military, effectively a military contractor, a military company mm-hmm. while being a contractor. Um, but I, and I still like fed back into the military as well. Like I was going and teaching um, the Australian Defence Force, but from a contractor's point of view, not from uh, someone in the uniform Mm -hmm. so it kind of for me it was a very easy transition because I was going to something I already knew yeah yeah um and again I walked into a job I had purpose um I increased my skill set the don't get me wrong like I have had challenging times Mm -hmm. within the job where you know I've been under the pressure to I suppose effectively perform and and get get a good result Mm -hmm. Um, but again that just gives that just fuels the fire even more because it's very rewarding at the same time. Yeah, yeah. That's good. I'm glad that you've had um, a smooth transition in that sense mm. because I think that's one thing that can be really tricky is trying to fit into that civilian workplace when you've been so accom- accustomed to how military yeah. operate and speak and um, the relationships that get formed. I know even, yeah. I know I'm not a military member, but just as a spouse um, and I've been... Richie's spouse from when he first joined from when he joined Kapuka um so like I sometimes feel like I'm kind of that gray man that understands military but also understands civvy but also doesn't Mm. quite fit into either it's a weird place to be you're in you're in purgatory yeah limbo land um so I I think it's good that you've been able to find that culture and that um you know, that sense of belonging outside of the defence force. I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah. I really think that, sorry, I, I no, really think that um, it's my personal belief that I think that it'll, people, you get, it's very easy in the military to mm-hmm. turn up every day, get told what to do, mm-hmm. and, then, and then, you know, continue on with, that, with, with your life. I think it makes it easier for people when, you're driven to to um i suppose increase your skill sets and driven to be better and constantly looking for a challenge Mm -hmm. and constantly trying to self-improve i think that if you take that into any civilian workforce Mm -hmm. um you kind of find your purpose yeah naturally but where i think and from people and you know friends and stuff that I've seen that have tr- transitioned, mm-hmm. they might not necessarily have had all those things um, lined up for themselves. And when they 
they leave, that's where they kind of find hurdles and start to struggle with certain aspects of the transition. Yeah, yeah. Um, at least in my experience and when I've talked to some of my close friends and peers that both Richie and I know quite quite well, we kind of we've had I've had conversations at length and we kind of have come to an agreement that that's kind of where it's at. Mm-hmm. People need to be able to, you got to help yourself, right? My, one mm-hmm. of my favourite quotes is you've got to be the first responder in your own rescue. I like that. And I think that that's so applicable to when people get out mm-hmm. because it's like this, you know, I've had, again, I've been, I feel like I've had a good career, been blessed. I've had some wise, wise people tell me things over the years and, you know, some some of those people have been very successful both in the military and out. Mm-hmm. But I just think you just yeah you just gotta you just gotta wanna you just gotta wanna um, fight all the time. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You can't sit back and have things happen for you. You've got to nah, put yourself out there. It's too easy. Just exactly. Yeah. yeah. You just gotta you gotta keep going. You've always every place you go to you gotta like start again. You gotta you've got to prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's so important. Definitely. So if you were to, is that something that you would tell someone who was getting out? Is that, is that the one yep. thing that you would? Ab- absolutely. If anyone asks, yeah. if anyone asked me for advice, I'd, that's, that's what I'd tell them for sure. Yeah. Is um, there something that you wish that you had known before you started to do the transition process? Um, yeah, I didn't know that you get free to, you get like a free, I think it's a free dental checkup or something the first two years Oh, really? after you leave or something. Yeah. I didn't know you'd get that. I didn't know that either. <laughs> the late, um, there's a, the, our friend who introduced Amy and I, mm-hmm. she was a medic in the army, um, who happened to be Amy's house wife, um, sorry, housewife. Used to was her housemate. Yeah, she's a housewife now. <laughs> she's um, a housewife. When she was when she was uh, when she was her roommate. Yeah, yeah. They kind of, she set us up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, she she was the one who ended up telling me. She, she's a paramedic now. She was a mm-hmm. medic. She's a paramedic now. She she told me about it. And I, I had no idea. Yeah, but that's no, something. I, I didn't know very, that either. It's very minor, but <laughs> I can't say say anything. Yeah, yeah, was yeah. too. I think. It's hard to say, like, I know people People say that, oh, I don't think the transition process is very good. Mm-hmm. Again, I kind of think that people want the army to sort of, like, look after them and, and do all these things. And, like, I just I just don't sort of subscribe to that. I think that you've got to, you're your own, you're your own boss. Your life's in your hands. You've got to make the best of it. And I think that if you're driven and you want to, um, want to focus on getting out, then you've got to do everything in your power to make, to make that um make the best of that situation and i think there's you go through the transition process and there's the amount of pamphlets you get and do this do that there's checklists here checklists there mm-hmm. um i think i can't speak for you know 10 or 20 years ago when it happened when people used to get out mm-hmm. but i think now i've like i think the process is kind of pretty well nailed down because i know a lot of people have complained about it in the past so mm. Yeah, yeah. It's the same reason our DVA process is what it is now. It's because of the Vietnam, Vietnam veterans have been complaining about it since they left, you know, got injured in Vietnam. So yeah, it's yeah. gone through a massive overhaul. So I think that, again, we're, we're blessed that a lot of people before us have gone through, terrible, you know, worse times than we have so that they can make it better. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's a really important thing, right? It's um, it's us putting our hands up and going, hey, this needs to change for things yeah, to absolutely. change. Like you can't just hope that it will change and 
not say anything because no, then no one knows that it's a problem or whatnot. Yeah. Um, it's just got to be constructive. Yeah. So um, you said that Amy is um, a police officer. Is she still doing that at the moment or is she? Yeah, well, she's on maternity leave. Yeah, I was about to say, moment. I'm like, surely yeah, she's not it... chasing because of our our other little terrorist who doesn't like to sleep um uh, yeah so yeah she's doing that she's on maternity leave until she i think she basically got a year off mm-hmm. she with her leave and how she's worked it out she's got to leave off so yeah she's um coming up on eight years mm-hmm. at the moment yeah um but yeah she she again she f- feels a massive sense of pride in what she does and i'm proud of her i'm very um very proud of what she does mm-hmm. um, and she cares. She generally cares and she's a great police officer. The amount of time she's come home and she's like, oh, I got a, you know, got a bit of a commendation today or I got, you know, a right, a positive write-up. Um, it's like, yeah, it's, I'm super proud of her. That's awesome. That is so mm-hmm. good. Um, so I know that you've said that you, you know, you've had a good transition process. You have found mm-hmm. that sense of purpose. You've got that belonging within the work place what about the social connections have you hung on to a lot of the people that are still military or have you tried yeah. to make some nah, non-military sure. friends oh I've, <laughs> again I'm uh I've, I, again I've just I'm I feel blessed I really do like I've had mm-hmm. a good group of friends that I still catch up with um you know kind of like on a yearly basis that I went to school with mm-hmm. um like a core group of friends um my best best mate lives eight minutes away he moved up here last year um, and then I've got a bunch of, you know, mates over the years that I still am very close with and still talk to regularly. Like I mm-hmm. caught up with, um, caught up with one of them on Friday for lunch and awesome. he came over to my house during the week as well. Cause he was up doing a course. He's still in, he's still serving. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's up here doing a course and, um, he's again, he's a young family like himself. Um, he just started a young family quite, quite soon after we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's away from his wife at the moment and his young son. But, yeah, he he's, he came up um, and I, again, caught up with him a couple of times during the week. Um, and I'm, again, like I was talking about before, when I speak to some of my um, guys I've, you know, been in the military with, I just, and I, again, I feel blessed that I've just got like a, a good group of friends and the people that I've um, I constantly talk to and, and um, communicate with. I just find that we just regularly, you know, catch up just naturally mm-hmm. yeah it yeah. happens and I think that's um, it's a... obviously it's obviously how when you're separated by thousands of kilometers yeah so you kind of make best best the best the best of the situation where you can like Jack my mate Jack was up on course and we, we caught up a couple of times because he was up here it was easy yeah yeah yeah, yeah no I'm really. like you guys I was, <laughs> I, last time I seen you guys was you know when I was down your way so yeah yeah yeah. No, that's very true. That's very true. And yeah. that would have meant that you would have seen Hugh as a baby or was he still pregnant? I think you were pregnant with him at that, with 2019. When was he born? I, I think he was born in 2019. Yeah. I'm okay. hopeless at knowing when my children were born. Minus. I, don't. I, <laughs> I, I feel like, I feel like he wasn't, he wasn't there. Yeah. I feel like it, you just had to at that stage. Yeah, I must have been. But I could pregnant. be wrong. No, I must I have been be pregnant because he was born in June, I think twenty nineteen. Because Taylor's okay. twenty seventeen, and there's a two year age gap between them. Yeah. So it would be in twenty nineteen. Maybe yeah. he was a baby. 
Maybe you actually you could add. Oh, I can't remember. I'm, I can't I'm remember. hopeless sometimes. I'm hopeless. But, it blows um, into one after you turn 30, I swear to God. Oh, 100%. Um, and he would be the craziest out of all all of them. Like, it's because he's the youngest he's got to fight. He is. He can put his brothers in headlocks. <laughs> he's figured out how to do it. It's um, funny you say that because, like, we are talking about, you know, offline a while ago about how you feel and with three boys because Amy yeah. and I are kind of contemplating whether we're going to have a third and mm-hmm. I just Amy's convinced she's going to be a boy mum so there's nothing wrong with being a boy mum I I agree but Amy also wants a girl <laughs> I did too yeah I um bet. but we're not doing that again <laughs> there is yeah. enough but um did Richie end up having a snip yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. when we found out we were pregnant with Hugo, he was due to go in for the snip two weeks. Oh, after. that's right. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Hugh just slipped right. straight in there. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. But no, he finalised that one. Um, he shut up shop. No more. No more kids. <laughs> um, but Love it. No, I don't think we'd be – we would be like zombies if we had another one because those kids, they tire us out. I think – yeah, I bet they do. I bet your food bill is ridiculous as well. Oh, 100%. Richie yeah, had to go I buy think... more fruit because they ate all the fruit yeah. in a week. Oh. Mm, but um, no, I love them. I love them to pieces. So do you ever regret the decision to get out? Um, in short, no, mm-hmm. I don't. I think that, I think that, like I said here before, I, I just I think that it was the one one of the best decisions I've made in my life. I think that I, I'd do it all again, hands down. Maybe mm-hmm. in the person of who I am today, but at the at the time when I wanted to leave, I was I was convinced that I was I would I'd had enough and that um, I'd done done my part and that I didn't want to be part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm technically still a reservist. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you. I, ha- I, I haven't done any reserve time. Um, I've yeah. got, I think, five years from when I discharged to do anything. Yeah. Um, and I do, again, I have thought about going back um, and doing it. But every time I sort of think about it, I kind of always circle back to the fact that I just don't, I just don't have a an affection towards it. And I just don't think that I want to put myself in that situation plus i love having a beard and i don't want to shave my beard off true did you hear that um air force can now have beards because they wrote it I in did. their policy but i still I can't that. do that yeah i did i it's funny because the canadian canadian armed forces have had it in policy since 2019 mm-hmm. um and we're slow right in australia we always take we always take time to copy all the other nato countries we'll yep. get there it'll just take time just it's all those time. all those um senior officers and and RSMs that joined in the 80s when computers weren't a thing, they, once they all leave, then they'll probably come in. Potentially. It will probably be uh, the day that Richie discharges. That's when they'll probably bring Probably. He can gr- <laughs> Richie can grow a mean beard as well. He can. He can. He loves yeah. Christmas time, so he can yeah. let it grow. Um, yeah. I hate it, but that, that's... <laughs> See, Amy likes mine. That's weird. Uh, I like it when it gets to a certain length. There's like a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, the, the scratchy um, sandpaper feeling is not great. Yeah, and then when it gets too long, I'm like, ugh, now it's not attractive. <laughs> now you look like a Neanderthal. <laughs> now you look like a homeless person. Mm. Um, no, he he can pull up a beard. 
Um, so is there anything that you want to add that I haven't asked or that you think would be important for people to know? Um, to be honest, not not really. I think I've kind of elaborated on some of the points you talk about. I just think that like you just got to people you just got to take responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that's my that's my biggest belief. I think yep. that if like again you get sort of it's and like don't get me wrong when you when you're in that whole military transition period and you end up getting out. As a, as I remember sitting again, sitting on the same hill in my backyard when I did get the last my last day and be like, oh, I'm actually not going going back, right? It's kind of like a surreal feeling. It was very mm-hmm. strange because I'd done it for the last eleven and a half years, and I just, I just was, yeah, was almost in a state of, um, almost like a mini state of shock because you just you've done it for eleven and a half years, a little massive part of your life, mm-hmm. and again, like I said, it shapes shapes your personality and shapes your, your whole person. But I think that I was lucky that I had something to move on to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's a really have... important part of it is having that plan or that thing that you're yeah. moving to. Yeah. 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 I couldn't, yeah, I say to tell that to everyone. You just got to have a plan. Like there's, and there's a bunch of people I know now that like have been out for, you know, a year, two, two years, six months, whatever that may be, and they don't even have a job. Like mm-hmm. they're just, because, they might have some sort of impairment um, and, you know, they, I don't know whether they, I don't try and go into it too much, but like, I don't know whether that, you know, is one of the reasons they don't want to, or maybe they're financially okay and they just don't feel like they need to work. But like, yeah, that just wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you don't need to work and you can find the thing that helps you with, you know, your purpose and your goals and the direction that you're moving, that could be sustainable. Yeah. Um, but you definitely, uh, I don't know, I think everyone has some form of purpose that they're working towards and if you don't have that, you feel lost mm. and you don't know yeah, what I'll, you're doing. Yeah, that's right. Um, I, I agree. Again, when you've when when you've got a family and you've got a family to provide for, it's pretty easy to find your purpose, I think, mm-hmm. as well. I probably didn't talk about that enough, to be honest, but I think that once you've you know, you got a family to provide for, then mm-hmm. you've just got to do everything you can to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think you mentioned before, and let's circle back to it, you mentioned that with having your first or with Mm. planning that family, that was also something that made you think about transitioning out and the horrors that I'm sure that we all showed you of that Mm. experience of, you know, having kids in the military. Mm. What, What was, in that regard, what was your hesitations with staying in with having kids um yeah i just think that i think it's it's just super tough obviously like it's it's like they're trying their hardest to make it a family friendly um family friend friendly organization but like the reality is they you're a capability as a person mm-hmm. and their capability if their capability means that and you got to be in x country or you got to go to x place um you don't really get a choice like if that's you like I sort of experienced that in my last two years mm-hmm. um, I was I was the person I was the capability and I had to I had to go go to Malaysia mm-hmm. um, and I had was like you know had a three-month-old or a four-month-old and I literally was about to settle my house and like I just had so much personal stuff going on I'm like I kind of was like I can I was like I there's a couple of people that are you know suitable as well they could mm-hmm. probably go 
I've got a lot going on. I don't really want to go right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, you don't have a choice. If you're the person, that's it. So you're the capability, you go, which I respect, right? I understand. I know what I signed mm-hmm. up for, but it doesn't make it any, it doesn't make it any easier. No. Um, no, it doesn't. And I kind of think, I kind of think that again, um, that whole, that whole piece there kind of sums up that you just, yeah, sometimes your spouse is left picking up the pieces when you go and rather than what I do now, I travel for work, I still go away. I go away at probably as much as I would when I was in the military, but the difference is I get to choose. Like, mm-hmm. oh, sorry, I can't go. I've got this on. My boss yeah. goes, no worries. And he's, he'll you know, put me on the next one. So I've got a choice, whereas in before I didn't. Yeah, so, yeah. So you're able to um, kind of like work around things a little bit better by the sounds of yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. If I put something on my calendar at work and say I'm doing this, I'm doing that, my boss doesn't schedule me for that for work for that. He keeps me in Brisbane, you know. So like again, that's super flexible and I'm again grateful and um lucky that I sort of have I'm in that position. But yeah. I yeah. I just think that um it's that whole like like not being able to choose and not having your like not having your fate in your own hands because I've always had a problem with authority and I, I kind of like don't like being mm. told what to do like I'm okay being told what to do when it makes sense but when mm-hmm. I kind of like wrap my head and like this doesn't make any sense whatsoever why are we doing this and then people are just like oh because you've got to do it I'm like oh, I don't know if I want to do that I know I've got to do it so I will but it's stupid mm-hmm. um this is reminding yeah, me of Richie's dummy spit <laughs> Yeah. situation as, exactly we've all been there we've all been that person yeah we've all been that person we all understand everyone who's in the military knows what i'm talking about but it's like yeah i just like having your fate in your own hands is much more uh peaceful yeah i'm assuming it gives you a bit of freedom too like that sense of not feeling caged in and trapped yeah 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 for sure yeah yeah, which is a nice feeling to have. Oh, it's the it's the best feeling. Yeah. Yeah, because again, problem with his authority and getting told you got to do stuff when you don't want to do it. Yeah, it kind of wears thin after eleven and a half years. Yes, yes, it would. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I've no worries. really My pleasure. enjoyed Thanks. it. Yeah, um, me too. Thanks for inviting me. No, that's okay. It's good to hear what your experience was like and talk in this way because as I said we haven't really spoken about this stuff so it's yeah it's nice it was I agree thank you thank you I would like to thank you all for listening and I hope you have all enjoyed the episode if you are a defense member who is or has transitioned or an organization who supports the transition of defense members or a spouse of the transitioning member i would love to hear from you you can do this by jumping on the exit strategies instagram page which is linked in the show notes or you can search the exit strategy underscore underscore until next time i hope you all have a wonderful day